Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Five Property Show. Anything can happen in the next 60 minutes. I've heard that somewhere before. Fireball XL5. Most people younger than the generation won't know about that at all. All the generation might know about that. But are we actually heading towards house price crash in Fife? Who knows? Guys, welcome to this morning's Fife Property Show. That's all going to kick off this morning. I would love you to interact with us this morning. Ask us questions. The key question on our on our mind just now is Fife heading towards a house price crash? Is that really going to happen? Where's all the things that indicate that that could happen? And where will we be after that? So let's go. Let, we're going to talk about that just now. So on the show today, we've got Perry McIntosh, estate agent. Good morning. How are you, Perry? I'm fantastic, thank you. Saturday, the sun's shining, it's all good. Absolutely. And uh, we've got Jimmy Mullen, estate agent as well. Morning, guys. How are we doing? Uh, absolutely fantastic. You guys have a wealth of knowledge between you. Um, so we're going to pull on this all the time. If anybody's wanting to ask questions, please feel free to ask these questions as well. Um, and we might take the live questions on the show. So is Fife heading towards a house price? crash. Now, there's two differentials here. There's a house price crash, in other words, crash in price, and then there's also the housing market crash, which is a crash in the number of transactions. The most important thing to a seller is obviously house price. The most important thing to an estate agent is clearly number of transactions, because our business relies on the number of transactions in the market in order to survive to make money. But to the end of the result, it's all about the house price itself. And can we can we sustain this? Good morning, Mark. Uh, thanks for watching the show. We'll be interested to take your questions as well. I mean, house prices have dropped 1.8% in the last month. Oh, my God. Let's run for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> but according to the land registry, really, that means the annual rate of house price growth has actually eased to 8.7%. Who would have thought we would have been at this point? post-pandemic, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, the fact that who knew that was going to happen after the pandemic happened? It was a great unknown, wasn't it? This was the, the worry for everyone, I think, was what happens once we all get back to normal or what is normal. So it was a concern. Um, and I know that from personal experience because I sold a property post-pandemic and was quite concerned about what did it mean. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting to see how it's developed over the last six months. Yeah. Good morning, James. How are you? Um, open to questions as well, James. More than happy to take your comments as well. Jimmy, what's your thoughts on this? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I know when we went into the first lockdown and people were still making offers and purchasing, luckily we have video tours on all our listings, etc. So people are able to see a lot of the property, especially at the home report now. So there was an inkling, a slight inkling that the market would still be still be good with people purchasing properties without even seeing them. But to see the results that I know we've been achieving and some of the results I hear here and then about the levels of where the home report is and the prices I've achieved, I don't think anybody could have predicted that. 
I'm quite, I'm quite surprised, really. It's as low as 8.7%, <laughs> considering mm -hmm. we got an offer the other day at 44% over the asking, over the home report value. I mean, that's mm -hmm. astronomical. So mm -hmm. that'll be interesting to see how this comes about and how this pans out later on. I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, you know, it, it's a, it was a 10.8% uh, yearly rate experienced only a few months ago. Um, but don't get me wrong, it's still a decent growth for local house prices in anyone's eyes. Yet, with the pedal to the metal growth rates that we've seen in the few months ago, do they appear to be easing? Is this, is this going to ease? Not it's what not I've what we're seeing, is it? No, no, not what I've seen at all. I mean, we only have a look at a couple of our properties. Um, just so it happens that a competitor agent has listed a property right next door or underneath our properties within the last sort of, I would say, 10 months, we've gone and sold the one next door, one at 60,000 more than what the other agent sold, and one at 105,000 more than the other agent sold the one next door. So, um, no, I don't see that coming anytime soon. Yeah, it's interesting that Jim says it's all about supply and demand. Surely prices can't get going up, and especially for first-timers. That's quite an interesting one as well. You know, um, do we see prices going up? So let's talk about the national figures, and let's see where we are with that. I mean, many people are concerned that UK property market is overheating. Uh, spring saw annual growth of 9.9% overall right throughout the UK. I mean, it's the highest house price growth documented since 2007. I mean, you know what happened in 2007? national house prices were rising at 10.8% per annum, and it was only a matter of a few months later, the credit crunch hit, um, and the average value of the home plummeted from £190,032 to £154,452 in 18 months, a drop of 18.7%, just like that. That's frightening to think that it could, well, I don't think it's going to happen. Could it uh, happen again? Well, we've, we've got numbers to back this up, and we're going to talk about the pros and cons and whether that could happen or not. I'd be interested to hear the comments from the people watching. You know, do you think, or what indicators are there for you that could suggest that the housing market, um, the prices are going, to, are going to come down, or the prices could be continuing to go up? I mean, where do we see the economy going? Where do we see unemployment going? Where do we see inflation going? Inflation's another one as well. You know, that's key. I mean, the, the government economic measures, such as the furlough scheme, land buildings transaction holiday, um, and the stamp duty tax holiday, have shielded the five property markets so far um, since the worst economic recession since 1709. 1709? <laughs> that's 300 years ago. That's a, it's been the worst economic recession since 1709. Yeah, you wouldn't think it was. I mean, where's all this money coming from? I mean, in the past couple of months, mm. we've had... I think it's about five houses with more than 100,000 over the home report. Mm. And somebody just got this tucked away under their mattress. <laughs> if so, yeah. I would like to know what they're doing because I could do it as well. <laughs> 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 do you think there's, I mean, where's all this money coming from? I think there's certainly a maturer audience out there at the moment. I think that's what we're seeing. Um, and in regards to the buying group that we're witnessing, and Fife in particular, I mean, Fife has got a big hospitality and creative industry. Um, and those are usually in their 20s stroke 30 groups. Um, and what we're seeing with those individuals are primarily they're either renting um, or they're first time buyers. So they're not really impacting that bigger picture, are they? Um, 
So for that's us, we're, we're not, I, think that's, I know, sorry about that, guys. That's my front door <laughs> going. <laughs> <laughs> Life does go on. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's nothing you could do about that. We're so far from the front door that we actually have to have a bell at the side or you don't hear anybody. But yeah, so I mean, I think that Fife, I think we are in a unique situation with regards to um, our economy. So we're not seeing that impact. Um, certainly that's what we're witnessing. Uh, people that I've been up to see recently, I was out to a gentleman on Thursday, actually. He is in Kakotti, considering wants to upsize a bit more space, um, working from home a lot now. A lot of his work is in Edinburgh, and he goes, I'm looking at a two-bedroom flat that I can buy in Edinburgh, or I could buy a four-bedroom detached with a garden and a garage in Kakotti and just commute mm. a little bit. Mm. I know which one I'm buying, but... Um, if they're a little, what, 45 minute, half an hour commute. So I think that's what it has. And you have people that ed in Edinburgh, all Glasgow, seeing the same about what they can go to Fife, and Fife mm. is such a central hub. I think it's uh, that's what's happening here. I think there's, there is that, but I think there's also an element of the fact that, actually, you know, the whole world, let's be honest, has gone through a massive transaction with this COVID situation. And it definitely in, has caused people to think about their lives and what's important to them. Um, and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have lost people that they care about and love. And I think that's really made people refocus on what's important to them in their lives. Um, and certainly what we're seeing, which I think is a, a fantastic thing, is that the people that are purchasing the properties in this area, the majority of them are actually doing that to come and live here. They're not doing it to holiday let or holiday home. We're finding that people are moving here to live and have the lifestyle that they would like moving forward and live mm -hmm. the life that they have because of what they've seen and witnessed. And we've all been frightened with what we've seen over the last year. Um, and it is a bit of an awakener, isn't it? And I yeah. think that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. Um, and people are just thinking, I want to live my best life. And so they're, they're, they're doing that. But so, the, I mean, the question is really, can the five house price growth continue? And is, or is this the start of the house price crash? And we've thought about that. You know, the one thing for sure is looking at the number of for sale boards going up and turning to sold just as quick. I mean, Zoopla, I was reading Zoopla's report. I've got it here the now. So Zoopla says, on average, it's taking 22 days to sell a house. 22 days. I mean, that is remarkable considering that uh, over a year ago, it was, it was probably double that. And then a year, you know, in May, well, I over a year ago, it was 54 days to sell a house. The year before that, in 2019, it was 42 days to sell a house. In May 2018, it was 37 days to sell a house. So we've got, it's the fastest day right across the board. I mean, this is right across the whole of the UK. It's taking 22 days to sell a house. I mean, we're selling a house in almost negative days as well. Before yeah, we're selling 15 hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was out yeah. to a lady, um... Monday, and I and she was asking about was talking about marketing. She goes, "Oh, I'm looking to buy this. How long do you how long will you like to how quickly do you think? Sorry about that noise. But how long do you think it will take to sell that?" And I was like, well, "We just sold one around the corner off market because we already got a load of buyers looking for this type of property ready to go, and we yeah. actually sold the, the three around the corner from her. We took no longer than ten days to sell either of them." Mm -hmm. I mean, one thing's for sure, really, um, is the number of sale boards, and then it's it's uh, things like the land and build transaction tax and mm. the the furlough scheme. I mean, that's going to be coming to an end. I noticed that Jim had said that as well. You know, what about the end of the furlough? What's going to happen with job losses, etc.? That could have a massive effect. Now, 
if you're watching the news this morning, you've got a lot of employers out there screaming for jobs. I mean, especially the haulage industry. So is it the fact that what we had the other day, and I, I visited somebody's house, and you know, uh, they, they said to me that, but well, I mean, furlough's great now because they're not needing to go out and do nothing. Because so I, I've got a funny feeling there's a lot of people out there in furlough just taking advantage of it still. Then <laughs> when it comes to the time to go back, they're just going to go back. They're just going to go back to work, and it's going to be business as usual. I have a yeah, feeling that that's going to happen. Yeah, I would look at the the flip way about that. But not only people look for a job. What about people that are that can't get a full mortgage up to what they want to right now, but they are going to go back to work and their job is secure for when stuff opens again and going back. There's people out there that they'll as soon as they get their first because I think it's only three months pay slips now to get a to be secure and know where your mortgage will start. There's going to be people out there that are waiting for that wanting to get a mortgage as high as they can because interest rates are so low, there's going to be people out there on the flip side of that wanting to buy, but they just want waiting for those three places and when they get back to work. So there's, yeah, a, I think there's two sides of it. Most people are looking to move home and they've bought, they've really brought forward their plans from 2022, 2023 uh, to this year because of the stamp duty holidays and because mm -hmm. of the lifestyle choices. It's furloughs actually... And, and, and the COVID things pushed everybody into it. I mean, we've talked about in the success of shows before, it is a big lifestyle change for people. They are choosing, we can see that, they're choosing to live on the coastal rather than actually live in cities. Um, I, it was announced this morning, I'm sure it's one of the big companies as I was reading the news again on BBC, um, that uh, one of the companies is like, you know, well, we're quite happy to have flexible working now where people can work from home and actually work in the office as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so everybody's looking at this lifestyle choice to make it fundamentally di uh, different. And that's exacerbating the market to people wanting and moving quicker to get bigger gardens and uh, and, and office space at the home. You know, yeah. um, and, and house builders are, build, are building four bedroom properties. Um, and, and, and a lot of people are actually choosing, you know, just one or maybe three in a family are choosing to take that four-bedroom property just because of they can afford it as one of them, and we'll talk about that later on, uh, but also the fact that it gives them the lifestyle they want because they can grow into it, and it could be a forever house. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it goes back to what Jimmy was saying earlier on as well with the Edinburgh Glasgow people who are coming to live in this area. Um, they maybe only have a requirement to go to the office once a week now. So yeah. they can live where they would like to live um, as long as they're within a recent a decent drive to the train station. Um, so we are seeing that influx as well. Yeah, I, um, I was out to, when you talk about lifestyle, Jim, I was out to uh, a lady yesterday. She said to me, I was, we looked at our numbers um, at the start of the year and worked out we wouldn't be retiring to a sort of 60, 65 and thought, that's not what I want to do. So we mm. went and bought that. So we went, Thought, right, let's do what we want to now. They've bought a house in Spain. Now they're putting their property on the market, release some equity, and kind of retire early. And I think that's a lot of people in the mindset of doing that right now as well. Now mm. is the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, interesting comment from James. If there's a drop, expect a lot of direct to vendor leaflets coming through the door. Where there is a downturn, that sparks opportunities for investors. That's, a, I mean, that's an interesting one as well. I mean, even buy to let investors are are struggling to get um, again what they call deals. You know, they're they're trying to get off market properties. They're trying to get at lower values in the home report coming through. I'll be honest, if you're out there and you're looking to sell a property, you shouldn't be selling it privately. <laughs> you should be speaking to an estate, any estate agent first because they'll tell you straight away the market's buoyant. Even 
even selling through an estate agent on an off-market deal, you can still get more money because remember the estate agent's got all the people registered with them already mm -hmm. and they've got all the routes to market that they can actually exploit even though you don't want it to be on the market technically. And that's what yeah. we've done. We've we've sold sometimes before market. I mean, there was one recently that sold, you know, um, three-bedroom flat and methyl. I mean, that sold before it got to market because an investor jumped in straight away. Yeah. Um, when you so, talk about... Um, when you talk about people selling off market, trying to save a few quid here and there, I had a call from a gentleman this year. He was, it was a holiday home of his in uh, Amsterdam, but he was in, in Glasgow. He said, look, Jimmy, I've got my home report done 250. I'm selling it to XYZ um, at home report value. Just want to confirm I'm doing the right thing. I said, well, can I be honest with you? And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, you're absolutely nuts. <laughs> I knew but where you it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he said, why do you say that? And I just said, well, let me just have a look at your details. Take, let me see the property. Let me see where it is. Give me five minutes. Well, I've sold this one, this one, this one, this one, X, Y, Z around you. Yeah. And I said, I won't. And I, I took the leap of faith. I said, I will not sell this for under 10% of home report value. Mm -hmm. Sold for 15% over home report value in two weeks. Wow. So he could have, it would have cost him £37,500 if he would have sold it privately. So selling privately would have cost him £37,500. Yes. This is where people don't understand. It's like they look at the investment in an in, in estate agency service as a cost to them, where in actual mm -hmm. fact, it often I look at it as an investment return. It's, it's, it's the cost-benefit analysis. I mean, I'm an accountant by trade. That's how I think about things. It is that simple. It is a benefit to the person using it. As long as you use the right estate agent, and it's asking the key questions when you, you use the right estate agent, it's, well, what is your track record so far? How much are you achieving more than the home report value? And then how many days has it taken you to sell a property? And then what, you know, all these different key indicators it would tell you. It's not about how many properties they sell. It's how much they sell them for is the most important point. Mm -hmm. You could have the biggest agent in the town with the most properties getting sold. But the reality is they might be selling every single property at home report value, whereas the smallest estate agent in the town is selling every property at 15 to 20% over home report value. Who do you think is the cheapest in the long run on the, on the paper? It's the smaller agent. It's the person that's selling it for more. They may be charging you more, but your, your, your trade-off is you're up £37,500. Absolutely crazy. But some people don't get that. Some people do. Uh, nonetheless, doom mongers in the press say that the there's a second wave um, of house sellers that will flood the five property market in the autumn and winter when furlough ends. Hmm, um, yet to see that happening. They believe that many, they believe that many of the 3.4 million people still on furlough will be made redundant when furlough finishes by the end of September, forcing them to move home. Now, I'll be honest. The key indicator here is what is the economic think tanks predicting. And they are predicting that there's going to be between 5 and 6% unemployment still. They've actually come back and said that. Now, to me, in economic terms, between 4 and 6% is, is called full employment. I know it doesn't sound like it's not full employment because no everybody's employed. But they look at it as between the 4 and 6% of the full, of full employment is that group of people are actually either reskilling to get another job and they're having to go and train 
or they're in the process of looking for another job and it's a case of just the right one coming up. And that's how they look at between four and six percent as full employment. So technically, at the end of furlough, these economic th think tanks, including the government's one, is actually predicting we're going to be within that tolerance. So does that mean it, there's, that the doom and gloom mongers are not going to be tr are not going to be right? No, I, I think when I when I look at it, we're, I'm I'm going to say we're almost or very close to back to normal right now with stuff opening up. Um, so most people will be back to work, and the way I judge it, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later on the show, this time last year there's 1,200 homes on the market, now there's about 460, and that's with mm -hmm. us pretty much being back to normal. When you look at those numbers, <clears throat> there's always going to be a demand and property price, there's always going to be hope when there's so, that little stock available, especially when you look at the number of mortgage applications that are, are coming in and people looking for mortgages, people want to change area, upsize, whatever it is life moves on so um i think the unemployment will be will be about right and it will stay steady now because we're almost back to normal now and as you say people are always reskilling and people are always wanting to do different career paths etc and grow um i don't see i see us staying about, about where we are right now for what i'm telling people i'm seeing where we are for at least another year because there's still there's a lot of well there's 800 homes pretty much to catch up to where we need to be even this time last year to come on the market and it's not exactly like 800 homes are going to come on the market overnight <laughs> it's true and it's as you're saying jimmy as well we've got this hospitality sector now who are getting back to normal working hours and they need that three months um salary to be stabilized in their pay slips to get their mortgages approved so that takes us into autumn really so then you're going to have an influx of these first-time buyers that are going to be coming to market which then start that chain again yeah yeah i actually took a call over the week just uh last night actually someone in the hospital industry she's got now got her deposit ready she's bad and she wants a first time buy she, i actually know her personally jimmy can you help me get a mortgage i'm ready to go i want to buy exactly and i've been nurturing somebody that actually went to see property with us a few months ago but were hesitant to proceed because they worked at one of the big hotels um, and were concerned that would their job be there? What was Farlo going to look like for them in a couple of months? Spoke to them last week. They are now, we're all systems go, we're ready to buy a house. So, you know, I think that we will see that influx of people continue. It will just be a different core. Yeah, I mean, what happened in the credit crunch was basically a flood to market of all the properties uh, going up for sale at all at the one time. I mean, it only took about a 6 or 7% uh, increase in stock. I mean, many five homeowners have um, lost their jobs and had mortgages to pay, and uh, at six and seven percent of interest payments. So when you think about it, and, and that this is a different demographic now. However, the devil is always in the detail. I mean, the industry groups with the highest uptakes of, of furlough are hospitality. You're exactly right, Perry. This is the this is the groups we've got to look at. The public houses, the pubs, the sectors, uh, where 70% of the staff are furloughed and 65% of the hotel staff are furloughed, about 44% of the creative arts and entertainment industry are all, all furloughed as well. I mean, mm -hmm. most employees in these sectors um, are in their 20s, uh, yeah. probably early 30s, um, yeah. and their tenants. But the key here is their tenants, they're not homeowners. Yeah. Yeah. So this is going to be more of an issue for landlords than homeowners. When you think about the logic of that, and 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 for those furloughed homeowners who are who do not unfortunately get made redundant, uh, we we do unfortunately get made redundant later in the year. Well, look at the last four <clears throat> more recent house price crashes. Buyers um, were wrestling 
with significant declines in mortgage availability and affordability. So the example back in 1988 for, for a classic example was average mortgage rates were 13.9% before the crash, um, that crash. And in 2007, um, the credit crunch, they were 6.5%. Um, well, today, they're, they're, they're literally under 2%. I mean, even, yeah, the, I... even the buy-to-let, um, I, I, I saw a post yesterday, it was Kessler uh, Salimia actually um, posted it. Um, that's the mortgage works coming back with 8% loan-to-values. And they're only two and a half percent interest only and interest only mortgages for buy to let landlords, and that's going to be coming on stream. Either it's on stream now, or it's just in a couple of a bit of weeks time. So, five. I mean, most of five homeowners get made redundant. We'll be able to ride out the storm better as a result of these indicators that uh, that show everything's going the right direction. But think about this. Surely, if five house prices are rising, won't five homes become unaffordable? Well, I would say people, mo I'm going to say about 95% of people will probably have to sell before they can buy. So if they're selling in the same market, they're probably going to be achieving a higher home for their value, so they're buying in the same market. So I would say no, not it shouldn't. It shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be that way because um, you'll be buying and selling in the same market. So it should be pretty transparent on on what you're going for, unless you're going for something which is which is pretty new, unique or desirable, whether it be a huge family home or rural or something overlooking the sea or something like that, where there might be a more of a competition for the property. But if you're buying and selling in the same market, that's what I'm getting right now. Um, as people are saying to me right now, oh, the house price, what I'm looking for, house prices are going for so much. But you got to think, what I'm saying to them is, look, people are going to be thinking the same, exactly the same for your home. There's such a shortage of stock available right now. Everybody's going to be competing for your home. You're going to get over and above for your home, and that's what you're going to be paying towards your next home. It's about finding the right one and, and, and it being the right time for you. What does it mean for people in rent and accommodation, though? I think it's a great house. opportunity. I think it's a great opportunity for them to get on the housing market because the rates are so low. Mm -hmm. So there's a really good opportunity for them to do that, um, which is why then your landlords may have an issue because then your renters are going to become owners. So, but it's going to drive the price. As you mm -hmm. said, I was, I was out to a gentleman. I think it was Wednesday, and he, he was talking about his interest rate when he first bought a home, and he goes, "I reckon I paid for this house three times because it was about." 15 17 percent that he was paying on his interest rate so he reckoned he paid for the house three or four times uh, it's crazy to think that yeah i mean look at this way with ultra low interest rates this means that five owners are, are, are five homes are actually relatively affordable and 1989 let's look back to there the house prices and the earnings ratio was 5.4 to 1 so that means the average house was 5.4 times the average uk salary now that was in 1989, whilst today it stands at 8.8 .8 to one. And so it's no wonder some people are concerned that the house price there will be a house price crash as there was in 2008, when the ratio was at 7.5 uh, to one. However, it really doesn't matter what the house price to earning ratio is, it's the percentage of your income required to pay your mortgage, mm. when you think about it, because that's how people look at it. Uh, uh, let's look at it this way as well then. In 1989, 74, around 74% of your income was required to service uh, an 80% loan in the value of your mortgage. I mean, that was 1989. 
Um, that was 74% of your income. 74, <laughs> could you imagine 74% of your income going on a mortgage? You'd have nothing, you'd be living on, you'd be living on beans and toast for the rest of your life. Yeah, I don't even, I can't even, I can't even think of that would be even imaginable. Don't yeah. we, well, we wouldn't be able to do, we won't be able to even, no, we would be, well, we would be dead because we'll be able to survive. We'll be able to eat well, and drink. Um, I'll, I'll go back to my, I'll go back to my uncle Arbor during the war. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually experienced that. We were actually on beans and toast. I can't. Because that's when we bought our first flat was 1989 when interest rates went up to 15 percent. Yeah, I was the same um, when I bought my first one in the early 90s. We were exactly the same situation. When you think about it, 74 percent of your income was actually going on your mortgage payments in 1990s. The the percentage dropped, yet uh, yet rose steadily um, over the next decade and and a half. So by the time we got to 2008. Uh, that was equal an eye-watering figure of 61% um, of your income uh, to service the, an 80% mortgage. So even at the credit crunch of it's 61%, around 61 to 62% of your take of your income to service your mortgage, an 80% mortgage. Do you know what it is today? I was saying about 20. 36. Yeah. 36% of your income is uh, today goes on servicing at the average 80% mortgage because interest rates are so low. So if you think about it, the issue is not affordability of houses. Um, it's, it's, it's what the problem is for five homeowners. It's the actual interest rates. It's what they're borrowing money at and how much it takes of their take-home income in order to service the debt. So if... We were able to last at 60% of the mortgage or being on our income, 60% of the income being a mortgage way back in the in the credit crunch. Um, we're, we're only halfway there. Yeah. So does that does that mean it's it's up to the banks then to release more ways of releasing more money? Are we getting back to the spiral of of the banks getting us into trouble again? That almost what it sounds like, doesn't it? Yeah, it could be, it could well be. I think. From what I'm seeing and what I'm speaking to people is, is it's mainly about the interest rates. I mean, people like yourself, um, gym investors, landlords, they're seeing it because it's so low. They're seeing it as free money right now. Mm. And, uh, and, that's why and that's why people are upsized on that because they're seeing it as, fr as, as free money. And I'm um, mm. wanting to mortgage themselves up to the hill to, to do that. Yeah. Well, my tolerance, as an investor, my tolerance is typically um, I look at how much the how much it is to service that debt because mm -hmm. the interest the interest payments always have to be paid regardless. So yeah. I always look to clear a significant margin over and above uh, on the expectation if interest rates rose to ten percent, then that's the only time I would need to worry. Um, that that's where my tolerance is as an investor. I do not fly by the seat of my pants when it comes to this. It is you never know what's going to happen and you have to take into account every eventuality and, and analyze your risk in order to get the right return. But if you buy at the right price and, 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 and mortgage at the right level, then that affordability should always be there because the reality is when you, when you, when you look at the logic of the whole thing, um, as interest rates go up, um, everybody else, as mortgaged up to the hilt, therefore the the economic situation becomes impossible for that group of people 
And, and I always go on the premise that uh, as long as you're running faster than everyone else, then then they'll get it first before you. And then the government will have to step in and do something about it. At the end of the day, if it gets to 10 percent and then th then we're all to the wall, everybody else is gone as well. You know, that's how I look at it. So, you know, the reality is you, you have to take some sort of risk somewhere. Uh, but you can't be completely risk adverse, so you'll never do anything or, or achieve anything. It's a classic example. If you don't do anything, you'll never have any victories at all. Absolutely. And as an investor as well, Jim, as a sideline to, to obviously the state agency side of things, are you finding it's a challenge for you to get property to invest in? Um, I'm, I'm quite fortunate. Um, I'm quite fortunate because because I, I, I've kind of put it out there that I'm looking to buy. So mm -hmm. I tend to attract a lot of uh, inquiries from people that possibly are potentially looking to sell. Um, so And I'll look for opportunities because I'm in the zone just now. If anybody wants to know about the zone, that's another completely different story about being in the zone. <laughs> this is the call the laws of attraction, vibrating at the right level, so you send out the right messages to other people, and they all come back to you as a result of that, and therefore you always get the good opportunities on the market. You know, that's that's how I'm seeing it. Um, yeah. There will be people that come to me for that. But just as normal mainstream estate agency, yeah, you're absolutely right. When you look at when you look at what's available, some of the numbers are just astronomical. There's no there's no mm -hmm. proper return on that. Um, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so so yeah, it'll be a challenge for investors, but it's also a challenge for buyers and a challenge for um, not necessarily a challenge for sellers. It's a seller's market. I think the biggest mm -hmm. challenge for sellers is actually finding the next property so they can move to it. Yeah, that's really Absolutely. what it comes down to. Yeah, it does, and certainly that's been our experience recently. Is that the fact that there is just not sufficient property to be able to do that? Yeah. Um, the re the recent closing that we had, you know, ten offers on one property. Um, so you've got nine people out there who are disappointed and are waiting to see when the next one comes along. Um, and I guess that's where the audience um, can help with that. You know, where do you want to be? What changes do you want to make to your life? And how can you achieve that? Yeah, we'll take a couple of comments here. Wendy, thanks for watching the show. Some properties uh, with land acres uh, seem to be valued uh, uh, on a uh, Home reports too high. A couple of recent examples we've been sold in uh, three months ago and two days are still sitting a week later. Um, seemingly slightly slowed. Local buyers do know exact values and won't always pay crazy prices. But that's the problem, Wendy. Um, local local people know the prices locally, and the issue here is they don't want to pay the crazy prices, and and the, that therefore they won't get the properties because people from outside are quite happy to pay that because they have a higher earning power. And this is where this is where we come back to saying, Perry, people are making lifestyle choices and, and wanting to move here. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, to be honest, it does cause a bit of resentment from the local people, um, but but you're priced out the market because of that. Um, so where will that stop? That's where I come back to saying there should be a house building programme um, mm -hmm. right across Scotland in order to alleviate that position, because we're literally running out of houses to, to 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 buy rental demand Absolutely. as well. I mean, James said there as well. There's um, there will still be enough rental demand though because there simply isn't enough houses uh, for most people to buy. You're absolutely right, James. You've hit the nail on the head. The, the <laughs> rental market is booming because there's not enough houses for people to actually buy and move into, um, and that's causing another problem as well. He also went on to say about the budgeting constraints. There's other household pr budget pressures though: council tax, utilities. And, and they've been rising as well at a faster rate than salaries. And we're, we're going to talk about inflation as well. You know, this is um, this is quite a big one. Inflation's coming up. Um, you, 
I mean, let's let the Bank of England, right? Interest rates will have affected what people pay on their mortgage. So the higher rates normally uh, normally mean higher mortgage payments. I mean, that stands to reason. Interest rates uh, are used to reduce inflation. Here's the here it comes. You know what's coming, eh? Interest rates are used to reduce inflation. So if inflation rises, interest rates also rise to bring inflation back under control. This comes back to who was it? Nigel Lawson was it? It stood up and said. What chance have I got to control the economy if I've only got one club in my bag to play every single time and it's raise interest rates? So the government's going to have to come up with another economic solution uh, rather than just keep raising interest rates. Because for me personally, interest rates does not bring any revenue into the taxation. All it does, it takes, it takes demand out of, out of, out of the, the, you know, the whole equation. So it takes money out of the system but it actually doesn't pay back. What we need to pay back is the debt. So it comes into another economic situation. Should we be raising taxes in order to curb that as indirect taxation? Just another another thought on that. Um, I mean, UK inflation, look at this as well, has gone through the 2% barrier for the first time. And I believe by the end of this year, or early next year, it will possibly touch 4 and 5%. And normal mm -hmm. stuff. In normal circumstances, I mean, this will trigger a, the government or the Bank of England to raise, which is the Bank of England now, because it's supposed to be supposed to be separate from the government now. Um, they will, it will trigger in normal circumstances. It will trigger them to raise interest rates. Yet we had a similar scenario in the late '80s and the early '90s. Now, in, inflation at that time spiked to eight and a half percent. But and 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 hear me out. This was due to a shortage of raw materials and labour. Look what's happening just now. Yeah. But this was soon sorted out, though. And inflation dropped quite quickly after that. So so in the coming year, a shortage of raw materials might be an issue for us. And if there's a shortage of raw materials and supply problems are being found in key terrain, key items, such as timber, concrete aggregates and, and steel, um, this will fuel construction and manufacturing costs upwards as well. And and the next next will be a shortage of labour, and which we know is happening just now because people are crying out for uh, brickies and that to do work. And and you see the haulage industry saying we're needing more and more people to deliver stuff. I think it was somebody on this morning saying uh, we can't deliver our, our our burgers or something like that. I can't remember who it was. It was only like McDonald's supply or something. Saying we can't get enough burgers, and I'm like, well, maybe that's a good thing though. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a great thing for the health of the the health of the nation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't if you see me in the street, don't tell me off for going on about McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> next, I mean, next there'll be a shortage of labour. So say it, it won't be an issue as unemployment will be higher. Uh, yet there'll be certain sectors of the economy that have an imbalance of trained staff, like I said before, or specialised jobs, and people not wanting um, work in that type of job in the first place as well. You know, I, I, I mean, typical examples of this hospitality industry. And, and dining establishments and reports a shortage of staff because they were often filled with hard-working hard European migrants. We've shot ourselves in the foot with Brexit. <laughs> but all these people are having to go back. We're telling people to leave the country and everything like that, and we're losing labour. We're losing our labour force. Yeah, 100%. So where are we going to be with that? Is, is this going to fuel inflation? I think... I think uh... I think everything you said there speaks a, speaks a lot of sense. I think they look too much too narrow on the whole situation. There's always a bigger picture to things, and you just take a step back sometimes and have a look at 
look at everything involved to know exactly what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, 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 I mean, there's restaurants in that crying out just now for people, just for staff, just for general staff, oh, and, yeah, and, 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 and because of the pre-pandemic. I think the problem is with 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 correct me if I'm wrong. So maybe your thoughts on this, guys, and maybe people out there as well. So what we've seen is we've seen our industries completely shut down for almost a year or more. Um, all these people have said, well, I can't sit and wait for a job because my job was casual labour. Therefore, furlough doesn't apply to me. Therefore, I'm going to have to go and get a job somewhere else. So they've subsequently got to go, gone and got a job somewhere else where they were quite happy to work in that casual labour industry because it was convenient for them. But because they've got a job somewhere else, they don't want to leave that anymore. Therefore, that industry has now come back online and they're struggling. Yeah, yeah I would certainly agree with that. Certainly in the hospitality, that's the case through personal yeah, no. experience that my son um, is is in that industry um and was furloughed um obviously that impacts salary it impacts your will as a person it impacts everything that you're trying to achieve your own goals everything gets put on hold so then yeah. you have to reassess what you're going to do with life um and that's exactly what he's done and he's actually gone back into a different industry completely and um, which has impacted where he was because actually he's not the only person that worked in that environment in that particular business and other people have done that too so it does present a challenge for that sector but what it does is give those individuals the potential to actually then go on and buy their own properties and so on and so yeah. on so it is, it is a cycle isn't it of life um yeah. but it is proving challenging for some businesses because of that factor you've got the whole hospitality industry people that have left there because of the whole COVID thing, they don't really want to go back to that because they're not sure if they'll be back on follow again anytime soon. I think that would be a thing. But the hospitality industry, I, I think, will, is starting to, to boom again because, like, me and me and Charlotte, we're going, for instance, going out for our first meal tomorrow for our birthday for the first time ever since, well, first time ever, first time since lockdown. That's going to be the first time mm-hmm. it's just been me and her go out and sit down at a table at a restaurant mm-hmm. since since what one one was well March last March last year. Will these people return to their work? Will the people return to their jobs? If not, to entice them back to the restaurants, we'll only have to increase in, increase wages and increase salaries yeah. to pay yeah. uh, to attract the staff. Uh, which yeah. in turn will mean that they'll have to put the prices up, which causes inflation. And if businesses have to put their wages up and the cost of raw materials continue to rise, prices for everyone else will rise at this point and higher interest rates will kick in as a result. But 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 how will increased interest rates affect the five property market? You know, how's that how, how will that how will increased interest rates affect the five property market? I think like, it affects some people's a little bit of their affordability, but it comes back down to again, um, mortgage rates interest rates on mortgages and stuff so people might not be able to afford quite what they want to um but i don't think it will affect it in the long term people might just have to stay stay a bit longer and save bigger deposits etc but i think the lifeblood of the whole whole property market starts with starts with the first time buyers to get the cycle going and people moving on to different properties so as long as they're there and um they're able to get mortgages with the jobs. I think it will it will sustain and carry on going the way it is. 
Yeah, good morning, Andrea. Andrea says the UK needs to start manufacturing supplies. We need, we should never have got ourselves in the situation where the country is dependent on other countries to keep our economy going. Unfortunately, uh, we have become a nation of what Macmillan said, shopkeepers, <laughs> effectively. And and we can't all open doors for each other and make a mon make money. We have to add value somewhere and have a sustainable economy. But that's another that's another show completely. Um, that's a whole different thing. I mean, Perry, for yourself, you know, um, how do you think increased interest rates will affect the five property market? For me, I think that what it will do is just generate another opportunity for someone else. I don't see that it's going to have a negative impact at this point um, because there's such a short demand. Um, and what we are seeing and what people are paying for property cash is king as we say and there is a lot of cash out there still as well so yeah. whilst the first time buyers come on they then create another opportunity for that person's property to sell to someone else and then everyone starts climbing that ladder so i think whilst we have such large demand and short supply i can't see how it's going to impact it and also when we look at those sectors that we spoke about earlier on the percentages of people that are in those sectors who are now back with full wage with better wage perhaps because they're having to be paid better wage to be kept it's, it's all relevant, isn't it? So I can't see yeah. how that's going to have a negative impact, certainly not in the next 12 months. Hmm. I think, um, personally, get away from, from that topic a little bit, but people move house because they need to. Mo yeah, most you can't, you are, can't stop your kids. You can't tell your kids to stop growing. You exactly. can't tell, you know, it's like, well, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're three months through your pregnancy. Could we just pause that the now? Because we yeah. didn't have a we didn't have a house to go to yet. So we'll exactly. just wait for that to happen. Once we get our house, you can start your pregnancy again. Now, that's yeah. not going to happen, you know. Um, and 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 people are living longer. Um, and I I had talked about this the other day. There's twenty five thousand houses needed to be built every single year in Scotland to keep up with demand of housing. That's never been attained in oh twenty years. And the nearest the, the government's ever got to it is 22,000, and that was maybe about five years ago. Every other year, it's been about 15,000 on average. So we're 10,000 behind every single time. So when you think about the logic of this, we're way behind. And then we've got people living longer. So you, yeah. if, you, if you just have the average age for people living longer go up two years, you've instantly added on 50,000 extra houses to be built. Mm -hmm. you, you, you're never going to catch up with that. This is how it has to come back to the government again. They have to start building houses consistently. They have to get some sort of policy in place and not just leave it to the open market and say, well, there's a bit of land. It's like they'll build on it. That's it. They have to start releasing land. This is all about planning as well, the rezoning land to allow housing to be built on it and being more creative with opportunities for house types and house styles in order to get the right family fit. I mean, you know, house builders are building four-bedroom detached houses now. The average family is mum, dad, or whoever, mix, and, and one and a half children. So why does that need, why do these people need a four-bedroom detached house? Why are we not building bungalows? Why are we not building more affordable properties? Why are we not yeah. building properties which match this current culture <clears throat> and people and family unit? And, and it's, it's because it's been led by the industry. It's not been led by government policy. I, uh, I was out to uh, someone the other week and they said, I'm trying to find a bungalow um, or they wanted a bungalow, but couldn't find one. And every time they keep, they went for one or seen one, they kept getting outbidded. Out and I just had to say to them that that's, people are all in the same situation. You downsize it from bigger properties, got bigger budgets and 
it's going to probably be their last time because they're willing to pay through the roof to get it. So the problem is, is apart from the Lockie Homes and St. Monans, when was the last time you seen bungalows built in Fife? Yeah, it's very, very rare just now. I mean, Campion built a whole lot of cracking bungalows at the back of Daisy. Um, I, I, you know, but I'll tell you what, they were, they were a, they were a hefty price. Point. <laughs> <laughs> hefty point. But then, when you think about it as well, what about what about the new legislation coming in? And and it's, I think it's probably in about five or ten years, and it's where gas boilers will no longer be allowed. You will yeah. have to use, you know, ground source heat pumps and stuff like that. You know, have to do these type of heating systems. So this is all going to change as well later on. But um, and that's another story because that raises significant amounts of revenue for the government in terms of VAT and indirect taxation when you do things like that. And it, it, admittedly, it creates jobs and all the rest of it because new industries have to reskill to do all these things, which is absolutely fantastic. So maybe that's where they're coming from in terms of that. But let's look at back at this question about how will increase interest rates affect the five property market? Well, would would you like to know that 90% of all new mortgages being written are fixed. 90% of all new mortgages being written are fixed. And 78% of all existing UK mortgages are fixed rate as well, compared to 32% in the credit crunch. Meaning that we won't have so many houses being dumped on the housing market like we did in the credit crunch, because fixed rate mortgages with, with will, will, will alleviate interest rate rises. They're fixed. So yeah. if you fix for a year, uh, five years or you fix for 10 years, you'll be shielded against it. I have to go back to saying my experience in the, early, the late 80s, like I said, when interest rates were at 15%, we were quite fortunate because we we leveled out at 12. And when it went to the 15% for about probably about four or five months, mm. we never got hit with that because we had what we called a budgeting mortgage. So it was set at 9% at the beginning of the year and it ran at 9% till the end of the year and then it was reset on average again for the next year. So we were quite fortunate to that degree because we were done that. But that's exactly what the fixed rate mortgage is like. It actually shields you against that. So I don't think we nearly have to worry about interest rates too much because all new fixed rate mortgages are over 90% of businesses actually getting fixed now. I think it's not just the fixed rate mortgages, the, the land and buildings tax holiday just now as well is driving people, as we said earlier on. So that's making people then make the choice to go for that ideal forever home. So they're, they're taking that risk because they can fix that risk and it's quite calculated and they may have a fixed rate for three, four, sometimes five years, depending on what, what good a deal you get. So not only are you saving on the taxes, you're securing that future for the next four or five years, potentially on the rates that you're getting fixed. It's certainty more than anything. That's what people yeah. like. And and if you can tell someone, and then again, we'll come back to saying if 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 your if, if your mortgage is only thirty percent of your income, then there's a huge leeway there in order to in order for interest rates to go up. And even if you are, if you're not fixed, um, and you're still be able to absorb that. Um, so I, there's not there's not too much to worry about. So interest rates are no problem. So the key, I mean, that's the key. Uh, unemployment combined with high interest rates may cause five owners to put the five property on the market in 2008 and 2009, but uh, but tied in with the curtailed demand for the property because it was really difficult to get a mortgage. Um, and, and, and that's why it was called the credit crunch at that time. I mean, we had an oversupply as well and a subdued demand for five homes causing the house prices to drop six, 16 to 19%, uh, depending on what type of property you actually owned. So a good bellwether and indicator on what will or will not uh, happen to the five property prices 
is the number of properties for sale at any one point in time. And this is where it comes back to what you said, Jimmy. You know, I mean, there, there is only 477 properties on the market when, when I put together this article in Fife. And when you compare that to, to the 14-year average of 1,608 properties for sale in the area in Fife, Aye, so when you think about the 14 year average is 1,608. Um, every single year has been up for sale at any one point in time. And if we're selling 500 a month across Fife as estate agents, then that's three months worth of stock. Mm -hmm. Just now we've got less than a month in, in stock in terms of all the estate agents. Hence the reason why something comes on the market, it goes like that. And and yet, would you, would you, wouldn't you, would you be surprised if I said that the, the height of the credit crunch, there was 3,026 properties for sale at one point in Fife. 3026 that's that's almost that's that's about half the uk that's half the five stock that actually gets sold so basically six months worth of stock sitting on the market hence the reason why prices plummeted so quick on between six and 16 and 19 percent so so i don't think in, in summation i don't think we've got too much to worry about what i mean what's what's your thoughts on it jimmy yeah, that's when people are asking me, what do you think is going to happen with the market? What do you think is going to happen with property prices? I, I just look, I go to back to the same thing as you. I say there's only one way it can go or one thing it can do when there's so little stock available because everybody has to compete for the same thing and the prices are going to go up or at least stay the same because there's so limited stock available. And I'm, mm -hmm. I just run the numbers like you, like you do. Um, 1,200 on the hook this time last year, it's... It's frightening to think that's basically we, could, we could do a good influx of properties to be honest we could absolutely i mean we've got a third of the stock at the moment that we had this time last year so mm. it is very limited um and there are some areas because we're doing such a great job there's some areas where we've actually sold out of stock completely um, yeah. so you know that that's that's great that we've done that but, but that's no surprise perry I'll, I'll go back to say i mean in 2018 in st andrews we sold all our properties out completely in 2018 2019 yeah. we did the same thing in 2020, we always had the pandemic, but when we got to the end of the year, we sold everything out again. And this year, we've sold everything out in St Andrews again. And yep. yet, why has everybody else still got their properties on in St Andrews? I didn't get that. It's like we're selling everything out in every area, and, and everybody else has still got their properties on. So so how is that happening? Um, but that, that's probably another story. I mean, as we look into the future, where are we going with this? I think uh, for at least for the... I would say it's going to be at least another year or two it will still the market will at least be the same if not prices will still rise because there's there's too much of a gap for stock to catch up with where it typically is or that average stock has been over that as you say the last 14 years it's too mm. it's going to be too many people to just all of a sudden it's like as i said flick a switch and put the houses on the market so i see this going what i tell people will be at least another couple of years the market will at least be this at this level or you're going to have to pay the average over home report value in xyz area is still is what you're going to have to pay for at least the next two years it's yeah. just mm -hmm. whether it's the right time for you to move yeah i can see that continuing as well jimmy and i think even myself as an example and I, I hear this a lot from people who register with us who are looking for properties you know we actually have a large percentage of people now who have already sold and have moved into rented because they cannot find a property that they want. I'm sitting in a five property rental at the moment because I can't find a property that we want to buy. And so there is that that group of people out there who are waiting, ready to jump, ready to go. Um, 
whatever their preferences are, whether it's a bungalow, family home, smaller, downsize, upsize, etc., because the stock's just not there. So when that stock continues to come on the books, you're going to sell it because there's somebody waiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people need to realise is that if everybody's of the same mindset, oh, there's nothing on the market for me, I'll just wait. Everybody else is thinking like that. Oh, apathy, yeah. Apathy is... The market's oh, going to be exactly the same because everybody's of the mind same That's mindset. the worst thing ever. So you need to, if, if you think about it, if you make the jump, the person, that the property you may want to buy may be thinking exactly the same thing as you, but want to buy your property, and then there'll be a spiral of people that see your property and put their property on the market, and then guess what? You might not have to pay through the roof to get a property because uh, everybody else, there'll be more properties on the market, and you have more choice. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, final thoughts, guys. Um, what, what, what's your thoughts on this, or where are we going with this? I think the, um, the market will, the house prices of five will, will stay the same for at least a couple of years with a shortage of supply available. Um, and, and, and that's basically the bottom line, that and interest rate, shortage of supply and the amount of buyers that are still in the marketplace. Um, it's going to be at least a couple of years like this. I would agree. And I think this is supply and demand and it all comes down to what agent you use as well and what you're going to get for your your service levels from your from your agent. So for me, I think if you've got the right agent who's driving your price and getting you that end result, then we're going to see that continue. Yeah. My final thoughts on this, I mean, as we're looking at the future, really, um, if you want a crystal ball about what will, five, what will happen in the five property market, um, you won't go far wrong by keeping yourself in the property portals and seeing how many properties are up for sale. I think that's the most important thing you should do. If you... If you keep an eye on how many properties are up for sale throughout Fife, it will always give you a strong indication about how strong the Fife property market is. Mm-hmm. It's when that starts to rise, that number on the portals, mm-hmm. it's when you should actually start to say, well, I'll tell you what, we should see prices stabilising. It's when it starts to drop the number of properties on the market for sale in Fife. It's when you see prices should be going up as a result of it. So I think that's a really good, strong indicator for everybody to actually look at just as a, as, a, as a KPI, you know, a key property indicator in, in case of what's going on. But I don't think we've got too much to worry about. I don't think we've got, all the indicators for me suggest that everything's going to be fine. And in the next 12 to 18 months, I don't see any sporadic blips. Sure, the inflation might get out of control, but I can't necessarily see the government actually turning around and raising interest rates in the short term. Because that would be that would be catastrophic for the economy, and the housing market actually is a significant part of the UK economy. So I don't think they want to do anything to upset that sector because that has a huge knock-on effect to the financial sector and the banking sector and every other thing round about it. So I don't think that I don't think we've got too much to worry about. I think we're going in the right direction and the right course. And on that note, guys, it's time. We'll see everybody next week. So bye-bye for now, and we'll see everybody next week on the Five Property Show at 9.30 again. Bye-bye. Have a nice weekend, everyone. Bye.